It's a tricky one because it's, it's not like someone's going to be sitting next to you at a satsang, you know, like a spiritual talk and said, you know, go like this to you. Yeah. I think it's not going to be like an intervention where someone's going to come over your house and take all your books and DVDs away and all your subscriptions to Common Ground or whatever. <laughs> so it's a difficult one to see because it doesn't have a, it doesn't paint with a broad stroke like alcoholism and addiction, you know, drug addiction and stuff, or food addiction. But the suffering is just incredible because it's even worse because people are wanting to have an experience of their own absence, but they want to be there to have it. Right? <laughs> it's like an impossibility, and it drives the mind crazy. And it, yet it's, it's got like a satsang, like it's socialized satsang-wise. It's not going to just rip its throat out of someone else, so they're very civilized, but they're <laughs> fucking pissed. You know, they've gone to a thousand satsangs and shit. shit. And it seems like other people have it, and I don't have it. <laughs> and it's really painful. So I remember one of the first times they did a talk in Toronto, and they, some people came, and they were pros, you know, and they had read all the books, and they were going off on this, these books on to me. And I realized... You know, I said, hey, listen, man, I don't think you should come back to the next session. You should go to, like, do a service at a soup kitchen or something. Go help someone you don't know, not a family member. And I'll tell you, you'll be a lot better off than if you read a, another book or come here. Because one thing I saw missing is service. Yeah. Now, maybe it seems contradictory if there is no person who's going to be served or whatever. But that's all bullshit. Service helps. Service eases the conditional mind. It it, it sort of relieves it from an agitated state somewhat because you get out of yourself, not by thought or feeling, but by an action, yeah? You just go help someone else. And then, like in recovery, we say that what will happen is you'll start losing in, lose interest in yourself and gain interest in others, yeah? That's what happens. So as soon as you feel a relief from the bondage of self, you'll know that the quote-unquote problem is the bondage of self, yeah? And self can't get out of self. Just like a great master, Huang Po, a Zen master, early from an early Chinese master, would say you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You can't use mind, the big M, mind, to seek mind. Yeah? You can't use like light to find light. And in recovery we say you can't, self can't get out of self. Yeah? So the whole thing is, is, when something is heard, like the one of the first videos we did was the sheep and lion video. Yeah? That was the first one. So in the sheep and lion video, it's an old Hindu story uh, about uh, there's a, a, a lion, a lioness and a cub, and then the lioness dies, and now the cub's orphaned, and it's roaming around, and it really doesn't know who it is or whatever like that, and it sees a herd of sheep or a flock of sheep, whatever they're called. And so it starts going towards the sheep. Now, the sheep know it's a lion, so they start to flip out. But then they realize, hey, the lion doesn't even know it's a lion. So they, it ingratiates itself into the flock, and it starts becoming like a sheep. It tries the best to, be, best to be the best sheep it can be, but it has this huge impediment. It's a lion. You know what I mean? But it's not aware that it's a lion, so it's trying to be a sheep, and it's getting his hair curled, and it's barring, and trying to mimic everyone else it sees because it doesn't really know what's going on 
And it's doing the best it can. It may get really successful in the sheep world. It may be like and become a sheep elder and everything. But there's going to be this dissatisfaction, this irritability, restlessness that's going to be an underlying, underlying premise in its life. Yeah? And so what happens is, okay, oh, now it's a sheep, it's seemingly. It's identified as a sheep. And then a, another sheep comes in and says, hey, listen, I found this book, man. It's really cool, and it's about <laughs> lions. And it has all these pictures of old lions. And then the lion, as the sheep, thinks, hey, I'd like to become like a lion. Yeah? He wants to become like a lion. So now it gathers with this little underground sheep meeting. And they go and they have a little room like this. And they have pictures of old lions and the candles in front of them. And, you know, Arnold is leading roaring lessons that week. And then there's, they're getting their hair straightened now. And they're trying to roar. And it sounds great. And in their little group, everyone's pet, patting each other on the back. Yeah, you're doing really good. You sound almost like a lion today, you know. It's a bah, you can't mistake it, but it's, oh, no, it's more like a raw this week, you know? You must be doing something, exactly. So now, that lion is trying to become like a lion, but based on it's a sheep, yeah? That's what's happening. That's exactly what's happening. We forgot what we are by remembering what we're not, Yeah? It's not like we just forget what we are. There has to be an active remembrance of what we're not to be in the forgetful state of what we are. So in that state, the lion now assumes it's a sheep. So when it hears this message like today, you're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion. And of course I'm not talking that you're a lion. You know, it's, just a, it's an example, right? So you're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion. And you like that message. You're hearing it. Yeah, I'm a lion, I'm a lion, I'm a lion. But as soon as it's claimed or grabbed, as soon as the mental mitt rises and catches that ball of the message, right? this is a sheepier, yeah? It turns it into, I can become like a lion, yeah? I can become like a lion. And immediately it's co-opted and put into the format of self-centeredness, which is doing and having. So now you're going to attempt to do and have yourself into a state of being, and that state of being is called a lion. But the only way you can entertain that state of being, of being a lion, from a mental state is making it a mental state. Yeah? So the only thing you can do is do and have yourself into another mental state. You can't do and have yourself into a state of being because there's the state of being. It already so, yeah? It's, it's never not going to be so. It never not was so. It always is. It's the thusness, whatever. So you're, you're gonna, you failed even before you attempt to start because you've missed a fundamental uh, calibration, which in time and space geometrically progresses. So if you forget what you are, and then that, that gets momentum in time and space, you will really seem to forget what you are. <laughs> you know what I mean? You will really seem to get where you are because now you're so out there Seemingly, and that's the good news, it only can appear to be true or false to you. There's no truth or falsehood anywhere here. Yeah? But it appears to be true and false to what is true, which is you and I. We give everything the meaning it has. So now that lion forgets it's a lion, takes itself to be the sheep, trying to look. Now it gets the double whammy. It now wants to become like a lion. <laughs> and... Other people who are sheep trying to become like a lion say it may take lifetimes. <laughs> it may take lifetimes to become a, like a lion. <laughs> so in this story, this old lion comes to the area one day and it sees the sheep and it wants to eat something, so it starts chasing the sheep. 
And as it's chasing the sheep from the corner of its eye, it sees this young lion. And it thinks the young lion's joining the hunt. But after a while, it realizes the young lion's running away from it. So it veers off and grabs the young lion. The young lion rolls on its back and goes, Oh, Mr. Lion, please don't eat me. I'm just a humble sheep and everything. The older lion's pretty perplexed. It just grabs it, brings it to this pond of water, sticks both their heads out, and the young lion sees their reflections. And what happens? It gets it's a lion. Yeah? It doesn't have, and then the old lion says roar, and it roars immediately. It doesn't have to go to a three-month roaring lesson. Yeah? <laughs> the, the, the innate ability was there, but it wasn't being accessed because something else was being accessed that causes seem, the seeming forgetfulness of what you are. It cannot make it forgotten, but it can seem to be forgotten to you. That's the subjective experience here, yeah? So what's true can seem not to be true to you. And also, what's false can seem to be true to you. That's the whole point of the Course in Miracles, lesson two, is you and I give everything all the meaning it has. It's explaining us an incredible spiritual axiom, if you want to call it, just a mind axiom, is that if something really feels real, let's say you're not in good shape today, and this is a problem, yeah? The next day you're in good shape, it's not a problem. The next day you're back in, in a bad shape, it is a problem again. What the hell is it? One day it was a problem, the next day it wasn't a problem, the next day it's a problem again. What is its, its reality is based on what? You. Yeah? It has no reality in and of itself. It can appear to be true or false. To what? What can it appear to be true or false to? What's true? You and I. If something feels so real, where is it getting that sense of reality? Not from itself. If you look into Buddhism, everything is inherently empty. Nothing exists in and of itself. Then how, where is it mining the reality from? It's being lent at the sense of being real from what's real, us. Yeah. We're giving everything all the meaning it has. We're the reality here. Not Paul as the action figure, but of mind. Yeah. Like the Course says so beautifully, Course in Miracles... You and I are the dreaming of this dream. We're the dreamer of the dream. Yeah. Then it says, we, for, we, we, we're, we forget that we're the dreamer of the dream. This is the trick. Now, how do we forget that we're the dreamer of the dream? By remembering that we're a dreamt object. The identification as a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. That's how the mind is forgetting that it's the dreamer. It's taking itself to be the dreamt object. Yeah? So here, you and I are dreaming the dream. We forget that we're dreaming the dream. I think that's how it's forgotten. And then we give everything, everything that we're dreaming the power to affect us as the dreamt object. Doesn't it sound like your day? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's not like only in 2013. Now the days are going to be totally different in 2014. It's a principle. This is how mind works. When you see how mind works, you'll see you're not what, you're ta what you've taken yourself to be. You'll see it. Every, like Dogen, a great Zen master in Japan said, to study Buddhism is to study the self. To study the self is to forget the self. Yeah? That's what happens. When you see what's producing or reinforcing or implying or insinuating that there's someone home, when you see that as just a process and the mind doesn't make, make a leap into the sense of being the one that's doing, the one who's seeing, the one who's having, 
then you get a sense of what you really are, which is seeing, awareness. You get a sense of it. And that sense produces an ability that's innate to recognize what you are from what you're not. And now that becomes the basis of your day. So blue becomes blue, red is red, you're not confused anymore. And it's not because you worked hard at not being confused. That would be confusing. Yeah? This is about you give up and then these are byproducts of what happens. And then you find out by, by it, by it downloading in your life. You start seeing that you're traveling lighter on a stabilized level for years. And you wonder how did, you don't even wonder how it happens. You're too busy enjoying it. You don't fucking want to know why. You just want to... <laughs> I mean, when you're riding a wave, you don't start breaking down what makes a wave. You just ride the wave. That's the fun of it. Yeah. So, and then you see, you see the problem from the solution. You see it. You see that, like they say in Zen, you know, the finger pointing at the moon. Well, what happens with conscious contact? It moves through this event and it enlivens or causes an experience to occur. Yeah from this point with other points, and it's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. Those are the five gates it moves through. Yes, consciousness. And then there's the consciousness of the thought stream. So there's six gates, and this is what's producing a contact here. This is what's giving us our day. Yeah? We're hearing, feeling, seeing, tasting, smelling, and there's thoughts about everything. Yes? And emotions and all this stuff. But there's a consciousness that's providing this contact, and then there can be an awareness of that consciousness, which I believe is what we are. So here's the conscious contact, and then the conscious contact is followed by a mental process that I like to call selfing. It's followed. The mental process comes after the conscious contact in time. So here's the conscious contact. Then a mental process arises and starts claiming to be the one who's seeing, the one who's hearing, the one who's feeling, the one who's tasting, the one who's touching, the one who's thinking. It now claims the event that's being brought about by consciousness as I'm the one who's doing it. Yeah? So now you claim to be what is conscious. You don't claim to be consciousness because you're claiming to be a body, basically, yeah? and, or a mental body hybrid. So you're not, but you want to acquire the, the attribute of consciousness. So now you're the one who's conscious. Mm. Yeah? But consciousness is sort of forgotten. And now consciousness becomes an activity that you can get good at or bad at. I can be less conscious or more conscious based on what? What I do. Yeah? It always gets back to the doing and having into a state of... Ide- the idealized idea is a state of being, but it's a mental state. Yeah? So this is like the bondage of self. So here, a thought happens, and then there's an awareness, or you, you, there's an awareness of the thought. And then what occurs is... But there is also a mental process that rises up with the thought and says, I'm the thinker of the thought. Now, you don't notice that too often. Yeah? So every thought that is seen now in our days is usually preceded by the word my. It's my thought. Yeah? Somehow I'm the owner of the thought. Somehow I'm the doer of this thought. Yes? Either it's about me as an object or I'm the subject doing it. Every thought is held that way. So every thought that's noticed... You don't notice the my, which is saying, which is an old thought, which is I'm the thinker. This is the act of the, this is like the glue, the mental processes uses to bind the mind to this idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. 
It's applied all day. Your narrative upstairs is all about that. Your narrative is assuming you're the doer of things you have nothing to do with. It's assuming you're the hearer. It's assuming you're the seer. It's assuming you're the feeler. Yeah? And that feeling isn't what's driving you crazy. It's you're the feeler that's driving you crazy. Yeah? Because from the feeler's point of view, you don't think you should be having this feeling. You should be beyond this, be beyond this feeling. This should never happen to me with my exalted spiritual state. I shouldn't have a feeling like this. It's just a feeling. You're not having it. Yeah? And if you would leave it alone, it would do what it always does, which is it comes and goes. <laughs> it comes and goes. <laughs> so here, all right, there's a thought coming. Yeah, da, da, da. Oh, this is my thought. Yeah? The my injects meaning into the thought. How do you think you give everything all the meaning it has? How do you think it occurs? Yeah? There's a thought. Now it becomes your thought. You know what your name represents? Like the internet, that giant thing called the cloud? Your, your head, your mental conditioning is a giant cloud of old ideas, concepts, beliefs. Have you ever had this experience? I remember when I was 17, I got introduced to spirituality, other than like Catholicism. Yeah? I met an Indian guru. Now, I had never met an Indian guru in my life, never med- meditated, never done anything like that. Got introduced to this process. Suddenly, while I'm engaged in the process, I have thousands of ideas of how the guru should be. I have thousands of ideas of how me as a devotee should be. I have thousands of ideas of meditation. Where did they come from? I'd never done anything in this life. But as soon as I got, as soon as it was me getting involved in that process, that me downloaded all these ideas about that process. All of them. Thousands of them. Yeah? That drove me freaking crazy to the point where he was seen as the Lord of the universe in the people that followed him. There I was, a follower of the Lord of the universe, and I didn't like the Lord of the universe. That drove me fucking insane. For five years, I almost was thinking, jokingly, somewhat seriously, if I could kill him, I could get him out of my life, you know? So he used to do these open car, like, things at these big festivals. I thought if I got, like, a time delay, like, thing, and hit him, and then he'd pass out 50 yards away, they never recognized it was me from the crowd, and I'd be freed from this fucking bondage to this idea. Why does it make me not to like the Lord of the Universe? It didn't make me, it made me a whole lot. Yeah? Where did those thoughts come from? I had never had an experience in my life about this. They're latently there. There's just tons of fucking mental possibilities, just like all these other possibilities. And what engages them? Not as the thought, but the my. The my of the thought engages those ideas and then injects them into the thought. The my is the bridge to the bondage of self. The act of being identified as the thinker, the act of being identified as the doer, the act of being identified as the seer. That's how seeing gets used to facilitate the bondage, thinking gets used to facilitate the bondage, feeling gets used to facilitate the bondage. The selfing has claimed the conscious contact and is using it to make up a story about you as this little action figure. Yeah? You see it. And there's the freedom from it. It distills, all the information distills into one thing. Hey, I am not that which is being pointed to. I am not that which is being insinuated or or implied or assumed. I don't know what the fuck I am, but I know I'm not that. And there's the freedom. From what? The bondage of self. The bondage of self didn't happen like in Des Moines, Iowa 20 years ago. Like one day you were incarcerated in this mental thing called self. It's an activity all day. It's presenting its story. 
and your in- interest and attention is basically up for grabs in a way. It's presenting its story. If it entices your interest and attention, you're up the ass of self. If you have an immunity to it, you're abiding in the truth. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Like Jesus said, you cannot serve two masters at the same time. In a, in a sense, it seems like the same time. It isn't. The truth is prior, but the mental process is pretty fast. So the truth reveals itself immediately. The mental process takes time to, but it, it has a lot louder voice, and it wants to grab your interest and attention, and its whole homing device that it's you. Yeah? How many, when someone bum is, when someone's flipping out about something that's not happening, you know, they're worried they're going to have cancer five years from now, and they want to have a big powwow with you that day, and you're sitting there and they're talking, oh, I'm so fucking concerned. How am I going to deal with cancer? Well, you don't have it, really. But, you know, it goes on and on. You're bored stiff in a minute, aren't you? But if you had the same thoughts held as yours or about you, you'd be probably just as much as engaged. So is it the thought that engages you or the mind? that engages you? Is it the thought that engages you or is it the mind? Is it the feeling that really bums you out or is it the feeler? Is it the thinking that really bums you out or is it the thinker? I'm telling you, it's not the thinking. It's not the thinking, it's not the feeling, it's not the seeing, it's not the hearing. It's the hearer, the feeler, the taster, the toucher. Yes? Like Lord Buddha had made a simple statement. When you see, see. Be aware of just the seeing, you know? When you hear, hear. When you feel, feel. When you taste, taste. When you touch, touch. <coughs> the selfing claims it, and now it turns it into the emphasis is on the seer and the seen, the hearer and the heard, the feeler and the felt, and the feeling and the seeing, and the, the conscious a contact is forgotten. And now you're left with a story. That isn't that satisfying. You're now, you become an appearance, a, seeming, a seemingly so-ness from time, in time. Yeah. I mean, how can you remember the self? If self isn't generating its own pulse, if it isn't true, if there is no self, you know, there is no long-lasting, independent, separate entity, it can't be generating its own selfness because there isn't one. How the hell is it appearing to be so? If it isn't. How the hell is it? It wasn't appearing to be so when you were a baby to about 18 months. Then the selfing started to kick in and you started seeing mother as other and then you became, then the you started being formed and then name and form was given. That's my dad, that's my mom, and so on and so forth. And then the whole indoctrination occurred pretty quickly. Yeah? But prior to that, you look at a kid's eyes, he's not into being Paul or Jim. <laughs> we saw a little baby last night. They're fucking wide awake. You know what I mean? <laughs> there's nothing there's no middle man or middle woman there intercepting the experience of life and turning it into a story yet so here we grow into it yeah we grow into it so if something isn't actually appearing how can it seem to appear yeah. well this is what they call remembering the self like they say and St. Francis says it's in self-forgetting You'll be reborn, you know, all this stuff. Then why, why is the forgetting an antidote? It must be remembering that's causing something to seem to be so. Yeah, this is the perfect antidote would be its opposite. So forgetting would work on remembering. So really what we're experiencing is a remembering of self. How does it happen? Look at your thought system. 
The thoughts, it's not yours, but look at the thought system. What does the thought system picture you as when you're thought about? What, do you th- what is it that, what is conjured up? Isn't it an image of you as a body? So when you think about you five years ago, don't you picture you as a body? I mean, you couldn't think of you five years ago as space. It would be the same space as you're in now. <laughs> there would be no distinction. So there would be no, how could you get into particulars in space? Yeah? So the thought system pictures you as a body. That's its center. That's called self-centeredness. So what happens? What does the thought system value? Does it value now or here, uh, the past and future more? Look at the thoughts. Which do they value more? The present moment or the past and the future? Is this a trick question? Huh? They're just throwing it out there because we know the answer. You can see what your mind's occupied with. What's ruining your Saturday is very rarely the Saturday you're in. It's usually last week and next two months from now. <laughs> and how could something that's not happening ruin your day that is happening? It has to seem to be happening. Well, who gives it that? Who has that power to make something that's not happening seem to happen? You and I. We are that power that makes what's not happening seem to be happening to a point that will override what's happening. It's unbelievable, isn't it? That a thought about yesterday could ruin the course of this day for you, seemingly. That's mind-boggling to me. It's like a form of slavery. All you want to do is be in the moment, <laughs> but not this won't let you be in a moment. Because its idea of a moment is bookended with there and then. Yeah? So, all right. So now, so when you think, of, when there's thoughts about you, and it's about you, you, your interest tends to go there five years ago. If you have thoughts about someone else five years ago, it doesn't usually go that course, does it? It's just not that interesting. When I try to picture what Deb was doing five years from now, I'm not that interested in that story. Because it's not me, basically. But now, if it's me, that has enough propulsion in my little rocket that I can seemingly take off into time and break through the, the incredible gravity of nowness and seemingly go into a mental realm where I'm thinking about me five years ago. And I'm, what am I doing? I'm remembering me, yeah? Where do I feel the remembrance of that Paul? Do I feel, feel it five years ago or now? When I'm remembering Paul, am I remembering him five years ago? That's the story. But the act of remembering is happening when? Now. It can only happen now, yeah? Same thing when you're worrying about you in the future. I don't care how intricate or how specific the problem is, it's always rooted back to the same event, the same situation. So here, you're thinking about you in the future, yes? What happens? You're worrying about that. Where You're actually remembering you now, yeah? So the logic is, I was there, I will be there, I'm here now. That's how it has the sense of being you. It's remembered. Hmm. That's why the thought system has to have so much of your attention or interest to produce that, that situation. If you're engaged in something you love, like skiing or surfing, that gets shut down and you have an incredible event out in the water because you're not remembering self. You're not in that engagement, yeah? You're freed from it because it's a process. It's an activity that can be stopped. And everyone who has a passionate thing about life, that's where it usually gets stopped for them. Yes? They're in something. They're engaged in something. Or maybe they're doing some art and they're in that zone. There's the total forgetfulness of self. Yeah? There's no remembering what you are. You just forget what you're not. You don't have to remember what you are. You're that. That would be a redundancy to remember what you are. You are that. You just forget what you're not. It's simple as that. 
And after a while, if you have enough moments of forgetting what you're not, it gets established, you're not that. Yeah? You were never that, you're never going to be that, and you're not that now. Now an immunity builds to what? To the activities that are used to facilitate the bondage. So now you have immunity to the thought system, not against the thoughts, but against the being the thinker. You have an immunity to the feeling system that's been co-opted, not by never feeling anything, but incredibly feeling things, but no feeler arises. Yeah? Now you're seeing when seeing, and hearing when hearing, and feeling when feeling, and tasting when tasting. You're actually on the pulse of living. And I'll tell you, it's probably going to produce a satisfaction you've never achieved or attained before by doing nothing, in a sense you'll have a great appreciation of where you are because you'll finally be available to it. Yeah? Because you'll be freed from that active bondage to this idea of being a self. Freed. Tactile sense felt freedom. Not a fucking idea. Yeah? Not something that has to be regenerated by going to a retreat with a, like being a perfect spiritual incubator where everything is cozy and great macrobiotic, very vegan food and, you know... Tantra sessions and massages all day. Who the hell's not going to have a good time at a 10-day retreat like that? They're like vacations. But what happens when you leave is the thing. Yeah. The freedom I want is now. I don't want it based on I'm going to India next month. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Wherever you go, you're going to bring you there. So you go to India, it'll look like Burlingame in a month. If you live, from, if you live in Burlingame. It's just the way it goes. The system of selfing is going to apply itself to everything, and it's going to morph whatever you get introduced to to fit it. It's not going to give up the system. The system will get stunned by supposedly the truth, but very quickly make it into something that fits its take. It morphs around everything. That's what happens with this message. This message is really about getting nothing, but I'll tell you, everyone goes home and thinks about it and makes it something. And then they go, I got it. Because as soon as they make it into something they, their selfing can understand, then they can have that feeling of getting it. But it's paper thin. It doesn't hold water. This isn't about getting anything. It's about listening to information being downloaded, hopefully conveyed by an energetic certainty, and then letting that do its work. And that's what happens. Yeah? It's called faith mind. One of the greatest Zen treaties of all time. Faith mind. Having faith in the big M. The big mind. You are already that. Like the Course in Miracles says, a whole chapter about meditation and contemplation and Dharma, your karma, yoga. All that's fine and dandy. But it says all of them, if they're worth their salt, are going to lead you to a point and you're going to have a simple realization. I need do nothing. Yeah? We're attempting to just start there. Save ourselves a lot of time. Because everything, all the shit you've done probably ends up to lead... Adds up to nothing anyway. Why not start with nothing? You'll be better off. Yeah. And who's going to take nothing? Who's going? Where are you going to send nothing to get improved? Where are you going to get a higher a higher form of nothing? Yeah. How are you going to be able to amplify your nothingness? You'll see. You'll become irrele- irrelevant, and then what's truly so will become obvious. Yeah. But if you want what's truly so to become obvious to you, you have to make it somewhat irrelevant because you've got to be relevant. Just like in selfing, if you know God, God's forgotten, and now the emphasis is, I'm a knower of God. <laughs> Suddenly go, fuck God. I'm the knower of God. 
when Ramana Maharshi said, to know God is to be God. Boom. Like that. What? Oh, yeah. What? To know God is to be God. Well, I got to stop. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be more being God today. <laughs> I don't think I'm being God-like enough today. Based on whose reference? Whose reference, whose template is being impl- applied on the movement of God-like movement in your life? Your heads. Yeah? Who becomes the final authority? I care. Let's say you have a master you love completely. He's, never, he's not alive, so it's easy, you know? <laughs> he's a dead one, so you can make him anything he wants or anything she is, whatever. And it's great, but you love him, love him, love him. And then suddenly he appears and really wreaks havoc in your life. Suddenly he appears and says, hey, listen, man, you need to do nothing. Yeah? You never needed to do anything, and from this point on, you'll never need to do anything. And you're like, oh, yes, great one, great one. And then he leaves. I bet you an hour later, you're on the meditation thing. I've got, I've got to sit and let me go back to that. I need to do nothing. <laughs> let me get more of it. Come on, I don't think i got enough of that statement. See, it's, it's happened. Self can't get out of self. The system of self-centeredness is main premises to survive. Whatever it comes in contact, it tries to take advantage of. How does it do it? It makes it into something that it can feed on. Yeah? So meditation, a beautiful activity. But at the same time, the mental process is feeding on it, building a meditator. Yeah? Someone who does a lot of service, that's happening. Yet the mental process is busily making that into something. I'm a great servant. I have so many people I help every day. Let me tell you all the things I do. That you know, some guy was sharing. He says I do all these anonymous, these all, all these good deeds anonymously. Well, you just blew that out of the water. He just told us. He just told us you do these all these deeds anonymously. How can that be anonymous? You just told me. I mean, you have to see how it does it. Yeah. So if what would happen if you're not that, which you're trying to get out of? To me, this is the highest, this is the way, this is how it works, is the best way to get out of something is to realize you were never in it. Yeah? It's the only thing that works for me. The best way to get out of something is realize you're not in it. Yeah? The only way you can be lost is if you're going somewhere. <laughs> yeah? These simple little statements, but it's true. Yeah? The best way to get out of something, if I'm not in it, then how much effort is it going to take for me to get out of it? Yeah? None. How much time will it take to get out of a place I'm not in? How much time? How would I be able to judge me with someone else? They're getting out of it quicker? You know? They've, oh, they stay longer in the meditation. They're holier than me or whatever fucking crazy, insane barometers I have. That's try It's like when you're a kid in their house, your parents had that mark to see where you're growing. We all have that little mental idea how am I doing? Five people noticed I had that loving gaze today. <laughs> Man, I feel so fucking... I've arrived. I just feel this pulsation, pulsation of divine transmission. And I'm the source. That's not important, but what it's coming through, yes. Without the vessel, you can't drink the wine. Yeah. It's so fucking crazy, man. If you don't really have a sense you're doing it, it keeps on doing. It keeps on flowing. 
Once there's a claiming of it, it gets aborted. It turns into something. The river freezes over. Now you have it called the river, but it's not really a river. Yeah? You've made a verb into a noun so that you can capture it, put it on your little mantle and say you have it. But that neuters it. You lose everything. Everything it has to offer is the only... It it offers it of its own nature, not by being turned into what you think it should be. Yeah? If you're in recovery, if you're in alcoholism and addiction, there was a great... Ramana Maharshi said a really cool thing. He said, you know, some people, knowledge is a good way to go, self-inquiry and stuff, but if you have a typical mind that feels a lot of guilt and shame for what you think you've omitted or and or committed in your life, then probably surrender is the better way to go to a higher power. And they're just, just entertaining the idea that thy will be done, you know? You know, we'll just give up, put down the rock. Stop. You're not managerial quality. Yeah? Stop <laughs> attempting to run the show. And then you'll see, you'll see that power will intimate itself in your life through others and you. Yeah? You'll see its, its unseen signature prior to this. You'll see it written all over all these events. Like the other day, I was at this recovery meeting. This was amazing. Blew my mind on Thursday night, right in this room over here. This, um, I don't think I'm not going to name anyone. This man was sharing when I walked in, and he was sharing about he had to go to this person's house and pick up this bag, this plastic bag of someone's belongings because the person had overdosed the night before. Yeah? And he mentioned the guy's name, and I knew him. And so he went there and picked up the bag, and then a lady shared, without any connection with him, and says, "It, it was my house that you came to. He died in my house. Yeah? It's unbelievable. And then another guy shares and says, I just entered this sober living house and I was waiting for my roommate, my roommate to come and they would tell me what a great guy he was and then I found out he's the guy you're all talking about. <laughs> How do these three incredible, one person goes, never meets the person whose house it is, picks up this baggage of a guy who's dead. The lady hears it being mentioned I've never seen her at this meeting before. She said, she said it was my house. It was in there. And then another guy just coming into the program recovery is, enters a place to live in a safe environment, this sober living house, and then he says, he was going to be my roommate. You don't see it? The choreography was just mind-boggling. Just fucking mind-boggling. All these three people connected by this one event. Yes? And all of them are going to be... He's that person, without knowing it, is going to be of great service in the passing away. Yeah? That's how things get used here. That's how we get used here. That's how situations get used here. Yeah? If you have the eyes to see and the ears to hear, you'll see it. You'll see the movement of something or nothing here. And then you'll come to appreciate it in its demonstrations and in the sense-felt uh, feeling you're occurring, occurring in your own life, but you'll see its demonstration in other people's lives. You'll see the magic of what's going on here. Yeah? Our mental condition is so small. You've been over every inch of it. You've tried every one of its fucking formulas for happiness. It's, it's just like putting a marathon runner in a closet. Yeah? You're fucking just flipped out. You need the free range. Come out. Open up. Yeah? Open up to possibilities. Not that I have not not the ones that have been commandeered and, 
and used to symbolize something that it has nothing to do with. Like happiness is this, you know? Like all the all the marketing they do now with the word happiness, you know? I saw this one commercial for Lowe's department stores. Yeah, I think this is the way it said it says, never stop improving. <laughs> Isn't that the drive here? Never stop improving. Fuck that. Relax. <laughs> Maybe there's some things you can improve, but there's other things you can't improve at all. It's best left untouched because that's its that's it gives it a free a free girth a free uh, avenue to express. Yeah. Once you put an idea on it, you minimize its effects in your life. That's it, I think, for today. Any questions today? This is just an invitation, you know? It's not a draft. This is like a spiritual subpoena you've been served, you know? You'll be called to the court of light, hopefully. You've been called to the court of mind enough. (laughs) We've all been convicted there. (laughs) Just basically doing time, aren't you? There's something that you believe you did or didn't do, you should have, that's got you hooked, doesn't it? You're never going to forgive yourself. This is about having it annulled. If you're not the doer, then where where would the guilt and shame rest? Where would the guilt and shame of past behaviors rest if you're not the doer? If you're not the thinker, how much power could thoughts wield over you? Not much. If you're not the feeler, how much power can feelings wield over you? Not much. And when you see the shift, you'll realize where all the meaning was coming from. Not from what we call the real world, but what was taking it to be real. I heard this at a meeting like this, you know, and I just entertained it, possibility. I read a few books, went to places. I went to India to see where Ramana Maharshi lived because I really liked what I read when I read <coughs> it. And that motivated me to want to check out where he lived. And I saw people gave satsang there. I went to Ramesh Balsakar's in Bombay, heard him for like 13 days, a couple other people, and then that was enough, you know. I entertained what I heard. And then it became alive for me. I don't have to... It's sort of like if you have a car that breaks down, an old car, and you're with somebody and you know a little bit about cars and you're trying to start it and it won't turn over. And then you say, hey, bro, open the trunk, get the gas can, take the air filter off, and there's the carburetor. And you're trying to start, it won't start. Well, if you put a little bit of gas in, and it may catch. As soon as it catches and the engine's on, you don't keep pouring gas in it. You'll flood it, Yeah. This is an invitation. This isn't a course of study. You study the self until there's a hit that you're not that, and then there's no need to study anymore. Mm-hmm. Now it's about living, like reaping the benefit of the event instead of trying to improve it. Yeah, Let it grow itself. You don't have to be standing over it and be vigilant and pour water over it every day and try to move it to the best source of light. It has its own intelligence. Let it do what it's going to do. And you'll be in a position of finding out what it's like. Yeah? Instead of knowing what you think it is, you'll find out what it is. And it will download in you. 
That's the only way you're going to have true knowledge is by finding out. And that means it's got to be based on I don't know. As soon as you're resting in I know, you already know everything you meet. You've already given it a name. You've given it a meaning. You've never met anything fucking really foreign anymore. Everything gets pasted with your idea of it quickly. But if you're an I don't know, you find out what's going on. And it's much more convincing. It can become like an unspoken yes, like a real strong, let's say, uh, axis in your life, yeah? That you can rely on day in and day out. That's that. Oh, you have a question? Thank you for your generosity.